0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Three O Take, where we talk all things
1: Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now.
2: Welcome back to the Three O Take, presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 364. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate,
0: howdy, howdy. Let's get rowdy. This is coming odd, to you live. Not looking at you. Yeah. We can't, can't see, see each see other, me. but you guys can see both of us. Hopefully. which, is, which We, is we have you.
2: yet to figure that out. We, that's, that has not been confirmed. We don't it's know. Word on we the should, street. We should have video uh, coming live to you from the Outer Banks. I'll pick um, my nose
0: just in case.
2: There you go. Well, I just can't see case. that, but. If we do end up getting video, then the people watching on YouTube will be able to uh, enjoy that little scene. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, coming to you live from the Outer Banks, I'm on vacation, as I possibly alluded to last episode. Uh, So I am just here in the beach house, hence the background that you're seeing on our video, or my video at least. Nate is at home, where he usually Mm -hmm. is. Uh, but figured we'd have to check in at least once. We weren't able to do our two episodes, uh, this week as we usually try to do, but wanted to check in. There's a lot going on, a lot of good baseball, not too much bad baseball, I will add. Um, but is there anything it's been a week? Depends on who you root for. That's true. That's, that's very, very true. Is there anything (laughs) since it has been a week that you want to check in with, uh, with the people on?
0: um uh, what do you mean check in
2: just share any any updates any any observations from around the league that maybe you want to start with off the top it has been it's been a week just wanted to give you that opportunity
0: um it seems like we're at this weird chapter and obviously we're going to get into this today but like we're in this weird chapter where Good teams aren't that good right now. And then there's maybe some pretenders that are overperforming. So, I just, it's like, we're definitely in the thick of, like, the thick of dog days. Just right in the thick of it. So, I don't, it's just odd. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not what we're used to. You see all these power rankings that are coming out, and you're seeing teams that, you never would have guessed should be in those power rankings, but they are in there. So it's kind of nice. It's it's weird. It's a little bit of a shakeup. It's getting you to watch other baseball, which is cool, um, especially if you're like me and your team's not exactly excelling. So it makes you kind of cue into what else is going on around the league, which is nice. It's nice during the dog days.
2: Would you say that we are in the season – of underdogs right now not necessarily the season as a whole but like this particular stretch of the year because i mean we're talking we got cincinnati reds on deck we've got Mm -hmm. we got some giants talk on deck i mean the pirates we already know what the pirates are doing we're going to talk about their city connects but as a whole would you say that we are currently in the season of underdog right now
0: i am a little bit i am I, i would i would agree i think we are we are there I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I will say some. I feel like
2: some of these stories I like more than others. Like, I I, I guess I guess we have to talk about the Giants. That's one of those teams where I could do with mm. or without. Yeah. But you yeah. know, the Pirates, the Reds, we've talked about those being baseball cities. I've, I feel like we repeat ourselves greatly on that. But some stories, you know, just feel a little better. They bring a little bit more mojo to the table. Um, but before we get into talking about uh, what's going on around the league, we do have some voicemails. So I will perfect get to our first one right now.
1: Hey, fellas, AJ Torres. Now, this is going to give me a little bit of pain because I'm here to talk about what ESPN is doing with the Sunday baseball. I do not want to talk about my Yankees because I'll be throwing chairs like Brody Van Wagenen, if you know, you know. But I think this rivalry now, and I think everybody can kind of say it at this point, it's kind of getting forced and everyone's going, oh, it's not the same. Well, you look at the Yankees and the Rays, they hate each other. The Blue Jays, they talk a lot of smack. They hate each other. They want to be each other. They, it's important. They're like, you know what? F these guys. I want to beat them. Now we have the Red Sox-Yankees. I mean, I get the stories like Michael King and his family, the rivalry, this and that. Like, that's all good. But you're telling me that we can't have, like, a Dodgers-Angels series on ESPN Sunday night with Kershaw versus Otani? You're telling me we can't have Noah versus Verlander, Phillies and Mets? I mean, there's opportunities there. But, like, now we see, okay, Red Sox, Yankees, Sunday night ESPN. I mean, there's so much we could do here. Mix the commentary teams up, everything. Wasted opportunity, and I think all baseball fans are kind of getting a little, eh, you know, this could use a little refresh. So tell me how you feel about this, and, you know, we go to the moon. Down at the Royals, A's suck, Mets suck. And the way my Yankees are playing, I wake up in the morning, the freaking coffee sucks. Oh, the pain. Later, guys.
2: (laughs) That's never a place you want to be in. You don't want to be in a place where you wake up and even your coffee sucks. Like, if if you're an avid coffee drinker, that should be the thing that you can at least look forward to. If everything else around you is garbage, at least you have your coffee. But (laughs) not for our friend, AJ.
0: Oh, man. I think it I think what did it for me it's not necessarily about Sunday night baseball it's the fact that it was back to back Sunday night baseball back to back weeks
2: no no I I agree but I also disagree yes the back to back was far too much but like it even if they would have spread it out over the course of 2 months if they would have did one the first Sunday night of May Mm -hmm. and then did one at the end of June. That still would have – it would have had the same effect. I just would have had no interest in it. Like I – I think I've talked with you about this. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but I feel like this year – I've thought a lot about it since the season started. And I feel like I've noticed like in myself as a baseball fan that I have grown to be more than than any year that I can remember prior to this – that I've become more of a baseball fan as a whole. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd say less of a Red Sox fan. It's it's a tricky situation because of the state of the team right now. But um, I've just grown to be so much more fascinated in the league as a whole as opposed to just my little Red Sox sure. bubble. And sure, you and I have talked about it, like with these Sunday night possibilities. There's just so <clears> – <throat> last week it was the, the Rangers and the Rays, and we don't need to necessarily rehash that, but – There's just so much more around the league now with with the accessibility that we have, like on social media and and certain feats of these players going viral and clips and highlights and all that people know now and credit to Major League Baseball and these other media outlets for at least getting their getting their stars out there a little bit better. Right, it's not like we have to use the Red Sox and Yankees as a crutch now. Like we don't need to right. do that, especially when they're right. third and fifth in the division respectively, or at least at the time. Yeah, we we don't need to use that as a crutch. And so moving forward, just make the decision that better grows the game of baseball. We don't the uh, Yankee fans and Red Sox fans. You even have Alex Cora out here saying like, we look. We we didn't need to do this. He's essentially saying, mm-hmm. and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he's basically just like we didn't need to do this. We didn't need back to back weeks of this. There are other, there's other better baseball out there. We we should right. have just taken another route altogether.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and you said it like uh, two weeks ago was the the Rangers Rays, but even then you have like Dodgers Phillies that you could have gone to, and then this most recent past Sunday, um, you had like. Giants Dodgers or Rays Padres like and I understand that this stuff is scheduled way in advanced like way in advance right I understand that that ESPN is choosing these um you know before the season starts but like yeah yeah the Rays or excuse me the Yankees are are somewhat underperforming based on what we were expecting at the beginning of the year but like I think everyone knew what the Red Sox were going to be this year, so in what world would you have thought that back-to-back Sunday Night Baseball was going to be entertaining, having this matchup? And it made it even worse that the Yankees are in the position that they are. So I understand, you know, you get the MVP on there and you and you get the hype of Judge around it, but it's like. Ugh. It just there's so much other baseball that's that's gotten better and it's almost contradictory to what like is trying to do. You're expanding the postseason, you're letting more teams in. Um, and you're having like this balance of of power basically with other teams. Like there were plenty of opportunities to do this, and it just it it was weird and not a fan. Not a fan.
2: Yeah. Um, second voicemail? Yeah. All
0: right.
3: Hey, guys. Greetings from sunny central Florida. When in actuality, I am calling from the uh, the mountains in North Georgia. Just uh, a couple days ago, got back from watching the Braves absolutely demolish the Rockies over a four-game series. Uh, and it got me thinking. Cause I was watching a uh, Chris Bryant list. Colorado team, and there is uh, there's nobody shining on that team. There's really nobody kind of worthwhile. So it got me thinking, for the buyers and sellers, what do they have? The Rockies are going nowhere. They got nobody to sell. Obviously, they're not buyers. Who else might be in that? I know it's a little bit early, mid-June, but I want to know maybe what are some of your two early predictions for buyers and sellers that may be a bit of a hot take. Give you an example. At the Mets' day, Ten-and-a-half games back or whatever they are right now, I'm calling it now. The Mets are going to be sellers. Watch them get rid of some of them pieces. I think they're about done with a few guys. I think they're willing to restart. And get some of that cap that they built up for obviously a failure of the season. And then, of course, the buyer, I'm going to go with the Brewers. I know uh, it's a weak division anyway, but I I expect them to to try to buy – Maybe uh, shock some people on the amount of pieces that they get. So, I want to hear your thoughts? I know it's uh, mid-June; it's a little too early, but uh, you got any hot takes for buyers and sellers so far?
2: What do you got? You got like any it. thoughts on that?
0: Well, to answer the first part of that question, with like who the Rockies could sell, um, I look at I look at possibly Jerks and Profar. Possibly Ryan McMahon, possibly Randall Gritchick. And it's, there's always this theme every year that, uh, that teams are looking for a fourth outfielder. You know, there's always, there's always an outfielder that goes down and, and with a contender that could use, um, some outfield depth. So, profar and, and Randall Grichick make some sense to me um but he's right I mean there's there's just there's not a whole lot there rotation or bullpen wise for the Rockies so yeah I don't know as far as like buyers and sellers go I mean I haven't really thought about it too much what do you have off the top of your dome I well
2: to the, to the point about the Mets, I j- and I've said it before, I just don't see, regardless how bad it gets, I just can't fathom a world where the New York Mets of all teams are sellers at the deadline. I, ju- I, mm-hmm. I cannot wrap my head around that. I can't envision a scenario in which that happens, in which that's likely, in which some of those names that they've added over the last few years – uh, whether it be big money contracts or not, that they would be going elsewhere. I just can't see that. Steve Cohen, to me, seems, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say too prideful, but it it would be hard to to take that on the chin after having built that up. Into what it is to then that quickly turn around and say, well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go back to square one. I, I just can't see that happening. I, I would see a scenario that has the Mets just playing it out and maybe taking the season as a whole on the chin and just being like, we had some major underperformers, especially from a, from an arms perspective, um, and we'll just see if we can kind of plug those holes as we head into 2024. But this year, I, j- I just, I can't. And and maybe somebody this closer to the team would have a different take on that. But just from an optics point of view, I, I just can't, I can't see that happening. Um, I really think the guy that I'm, most keyed in on right now. And we've talked about him the uh, last couple of weeks, but Shane Bieber,
1: I think is a guy
2: uh, that will be interesting to see whether or not his performance alters uh, or the consistency rather alters. If he is dealt elsewhere Uh, because we know what he's capable of, but we also have to recognize that it's been consistently done in a guardians uniform slash Indians Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's if that's going to be similar to a and I don't want I don't I'm not necessarily necessarily saying these two are in the same like world but from a a trade deadline point of view I wonder if maybe Shane Bieber ends up I wouldn't want this for him but I wonder if maybe he goes somewhere where the stakes are a little higher and he ends up maybe like a Frankie Montas situation where You've got this guy who just can deal, and sure, Shane Bieber's accolades are a little more. His resume is, is is far more developed than than Frankie Montas, but two guys that can deal. I would think that a team looking for Shane Bieber would be looking for Shane Bieber type performance. But if he's dealt if he's dealt elsewhere, and maybe he's just not used to playing with a team, with an organization whose expectations are greater than right. what you find in, in Cleveland because, as we all know, that division's a joke. And right, I, w- I would venture to say, regardless how you approach your craft, whether it be Shane Bieber or whoever else, Jose Ramirez, that you go into it thinking about your team, your division, a little differently than, say, a team like – the Mariners, the Astros, where maybe there's like a little bit more tension. The Rangers now, especially with yeah. like a division like that, where the stakes seem with just a, to sense be a little of higher. Almost right, American League East, whatever, what, what have you. So that that'll be an interesting a name that I'm I'm gonna be uh, tracking as as we get closer to the trade deadline for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's one of those things where like you, we maybe hope that he'll move. Some people hope that they that he'll move. But, like, the Guardians hold all the, all the, the leverage there. Um, just because of the fact that, like, they're, they're probably, if they do move him, if they do move him, they can still kind of have that, hey, we're, we're still fighting for this division, but, like, you know, the likelihood of re- him resigning, we might as well move on, bolster up. So I could see them getting like a big league ready or two guy in return with a hall of prospects because they're the, I think the asking price is going to be pretty big. Um, whereas you go over to like the White Sox, and you know my bold prediction a couple of weeks ago is when I said Lucas Giolito, um, that's where you know they don't have as much leverage. the The White Sox aren't necessarily in a position to just go win this division. So um, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I mean, with the Mets, like just kind of going back to that point, I was looking at their their roster. They have three, four guys that are set to be free agents next year. That's it. Um, David Robertson, Tommy Pham, and Cookie Carrasco, who... I'm not sure anybody would be buying at this point. So it's like they don't have enough depth in the, in the bullpen to get rid of David Robertson and Tommy Pham. I mean, he's producing too much as much as we dislike Tommy Pham, He's producing too much for the Mets for them to move him. So now you're talking about moving guys that have multiple years of control. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think you're right. I think it's the team that's probably just going to ride it out with who they have. Uh, So I don't really have any buyers or sellers for you quite yet. That's definitely something we'll get into throughout the year. But uh, I'm with you, man. I'd like to see Shane Bieber go, go join a rotation and compete somewhere.
2: Yeah, and talking uh, buyers and sellers, a team that I want to transition to now, the Cincinnati Reds. Hmm. Um, seemingly out of nowhere, I couldn't tell you when this win streak started. I mean, I know now that, I mean, we're we're all well aware that they've now won 11 straight entering uh, Thursday. But one of those situations where you kind of, admittedly, you kind of forget about the Reds. Mm-hmm. At the start of this, uh, like a rather forgettable team, as we all know. You look at the standings, at the at the eleven win mark of this streak, first place in the National League Central. Right. They lo- they're coming off a hundred game, a hundred loss season, last year. But have decided that. Oh, let's just kick it up a gear. They've swept three straight series, have won five consecutive series overall. And this 11-game win streak, according to ESPN Stats and Info, they've won 11 straight, the team's longest win streak since they won 12 in 1957. And they joined the, the team that we all know and love, the 1890 Louis, Louisville Colonels, as the only franchise in MLB history. With an 11 game win streak. A season after hundred losing 100 games. So. Like I said. I couldn't tell you. When this started. Why it started. Why it's continuing. I know they have. A. a wide range of. Youthful talent. That's hmm. being talked about right now. But this is at the end of the day, this just seems like one of those situations that you could run a a computer simulation and nine times out of 10, you're not getting what you're seeing right now from the Cincinnati Reds. (laughs) But this 10th time, it seems that it's, it's going against what, uh, what you would expect.
0: You go back to like the first week of, of June. Um, they took two out of three against the, against the Dodgers followed it up, took two out of three against the red or uh, against the reds, against the Cardinals. And then you talk about these, these three straight sweeps, um, with the Astros being in the mix of that. And I understand, you know, when you look at the Royals, like, yeah, that's a lay down team. The Rockies are a lay down team, but either way to, to, to sweep three straight is, is nuts. Um, that's big time. So, No matter who you're playing. Major League Baseball, I mean, like, a a team could have a a really good day. A bad team can have a really good day. So to have 10 straight is crazy, or 11 straight. Um, They're going to be tested, though. They're going to be tested the rest of the way out with this month. Facing, uh, they got three against the Braves um, starting up this weekend, which I know we're going to cover later. And then three against the Orioles. And then entering into next month, three against the Padres. So I'm loving it. I'm here for it. I'm here for Cincinnati Reds fans. I think they're excited. The city's excited. I would say this goes back to like the Ellie De La Cruz call up. I think he came up around that Dodgers series. So I, I love it, dude. And like Joey Votto coming back and feeling in reinvigorated the way he talked about it in the press conference. Like, he had a ton of ABs in, in the minor leagues getting ready, and he was awful. He was trash. So this like extra juice, this extra momentum to give a vet, to give a fan favorite, to give a red legend, balance that out with a ton of exciting, youthful, just punch-you-in-the-mouth baseball. Dude, like, get me going. Get me going, Cincy. So I'm here for it. I don't know if they're going to hold on to that division forever. At the same time, I mean, we talked about wanting to raise the Jolly Roger for months now. They've lost nine straight. So it's like you're going to have these ups and downs, but good for the Reds. I think it's exciting for for baseball fans in that area because when you can have that quick of a turnaround, losing 100 games, they're already at 40 wins this year, to quickly turn that around and talk about even if they – even if they finish under five hundred, If they're in the 70 to 75, 78 wins at the end of this season, I think you're going to see jerseys being sold. You're going to see tickets being sold and, and butts and seats. And you're going to see a lot of exciting stuff moving forward in Cincinnati. Um, and, and I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it.
2: I, uh, I can't help but notice that you're a little gassed uh, up
0: i'm a little gassed up
2: i I can't help but notice you mentioned uh butts and seats
0: butts and seats yeah i said that
2: so i mean if you're going if you're trying to go to watch la de la cruz and company do you know how you would do so how how you would be able to do that
0: i think for me i would probably go to www dot You can't really see my face. I was waiting for you to say the rest. Now it's just awkward.
2: Yeah, I sure, I surely can't see you. Shout out Outer Banks Wi Fi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and assume, like you said, that you're waiting for me to finish that. So I'll just come in and say it. Nate, it's Geek. And by the way, yeah. before we talk about SeatGeek, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you don't need to use www. anymore. Like World Wide
0: pe- Web dot? You don't need that anymore?
2: No, I don't know if people still use that, but you don't... Like, save yourself the time, save yourself mm. the energy. You don't need to use that anymore. Like, the internet H-t-t-p has...
0: HTTP
2: colon... HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www. Yeah, you don't need that. The, How the many people ha-
0: knew that www meant World Wide Web? Or, I, think I don't maybe. think... I think we... I think we maybe dropped some knowledge today. So We might be
2: also dating ourselves by sharing that information.
0: It's very possible. Um, Just turn on that dial-up and go visit SeatGeek. Yeah, Don't crank go up to com. I'm scared of what that would pull up for you.
2: Crank up the AOL machine and, and really, mm-hmm. really get that, that dial-up going.
0: Get your AIM uh, no, but messenger the, going.
2: The internet has developed, uh, so you don't need to use that anymore. But if you so choose to add the www dot, feel free to do so and go to SeatGeek.com and use our promo code 30take, our social handle, in case you're, you're new and are unfamiliar what code to use, you use our promo code 30take, our social handle, to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that
0: for those new it's it's cold hard cash that's what you're gonna save 20 doll hairs i believe
2: enter promo code 30 take our social handle at checkout uh yeah but in the midst of aim
0: by the way do you do you remember your aim name like your your username
2: i do Bow socks long ball eight
0: nice nice yeah mine was two B A yank Stupid. That's when we had <laughs>
2: dreams and aspirations of going big time. <laughs> yeah. yep. I'm right there with you. Now I just um, dream of fast food. There we go. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the midst of all this Reds uh, positivity, uh, Will Myers DFA'd. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. They you, snuck that in, didn't they?
2: Yeah. I, and we've talked about this before. What was, what was this? Uh, there was a similar situation with another team. I feel like recently where where moves were being made and they decided to cut ties with somebody. Who am I why am I blanking right now? Who am I thinking of?
0: Someone was recently DFA'd, you're right.
2: And it was like kind of surprising because of who it was, but then it was like it makes sense because they're trying to move forward. Who who am I thinking of? I know there's somebody just yelling at me right now. Who who is it? What team?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Eric Cosmer. Cubs.
2: I don't know if that was it, though. Hmm. Was it somebody with the Pirates?
0: I don't know.
2: It was somebody when, like, the team was... With the Yankees? Possibly. I don't think. It may have been one of those two. But anyway, you, you get a team where, like, vibes are good and mm-hmm. things are moving along in the right direction. Even if it's not sustainable, you take advantage of of the limelight. You take advantage of the attention that you're drawing, not only from your own fan base but from around the league. And you maybe make a decision that's a little bit difficult, but it yeah. helps the overall health of your team moving forward. And that's what the Reds had to do. Um I know he was he was liked among many of the Reds fans, but it's just a decision yeah. you got to make when when you need to, as I said, improve the, the health of your team long term moving forward.
0: Yeah. And that's the point of that contract. Right. I think it was a one year, seven million dollar deal. So like it, that's a low risk, high reward deal um you know if he if he shines the way he he has in the past you that's a great deal if not it's like no harm no foul let's get him out of the way and get some youth in here and let's see what our young guys have so I think they're just kind of doubling down on the excitement and and the young guys coming up and and providing good ball so I don't hate the decision for Will Myers I mean um I'm curious to see where he goes. I'm curious to see if he gets a job somewhere. So, I mean it's just it's just league minimum the rest of the way out, right? For for anybody that that picks him up.
2: I believe so. And he'll he'll get yeah. picked up by so, somebody. Like that's not a guy that you're so. just going to let let fall by the wayside. Like somebody somebody who sees some potential value in,
0: yeah. in what DH, he has to offer. 2-3 times a week like you know, spots you at first, spots you in the outfield. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think he'll get a job somewhere. I'm just curious to see where it would be interesting. I'll think on that.
2: Talking about win streaks, the San Francisco Giants, a game shy of what the Reds are currently sitting at with 11. Giants are at 10 straight wins. It's their first 10-game win streak since 2004. So, whoa. To put it into context, the Giants have not won 10 games in a row since Manny Ramirez graced the cover of MVP Baseball um, back in the day. So there, there's your context you for that, how long it's been.
0: see that picture? I know you haven't been on social media much lately, but you see that picture that's been going around of Manny in a Yankees hat? It's like this weird, like old man under the chin selfie, and he's wearing a Yankees hat.
2: I don't i I want to say that this is not the first time that's happened since he since he uh left Major League Baseball. So I can't say that I'm surprised. Uh, he's, oh, wow. I kinda he's, hate it. He, I hate, I hate everything about it. But he's turned into quite the character <laughs> since. I mean, I know that's saying something considering. Uh, yeah, his, I think he's always
0: been a character, but...
2: His an, his animations or whatever while he was playing, but um, yeah, he's he's turned into quite the character. But i that have to say, the Giants... Uh, did you know, Nate, that the Giants have the Majors' best record since Mother's Day?
0: It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, I guess.
2: 25, 25 and 9 since Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, like i said one of those one of those scenarios one of those situations that selfishly personally i would love to see the a team like the reds kind of hold on to what they've got and and see if they can find out a way to make this sustainable the giants however i'm just like okay like yeah i mean at the very least it's making the national league west interesting because with the padres barely barely staying afloat um, with the giants kind of charging into this race, it makes it all the more difficult for a team like the Padres to, to kind of fight their way back, uh, yep. into the, into the hunt, into the conversation. So they, I, yeah, the giants have figured something out to
0: take away this. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the, I mean, the Dodgers are going to be fine. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a postseason team. Um, but I think that's what you, what you mentioned there. It's, it's the Padres. It's making it more difficult for them. Like, you already had the expectation that they were going to be better than the than the Diamondbacks. So, and you knew the Dodgers were going to be the Dodgers. You thought maybe there would be a little bit of a drop-off because they didn't do a ton to, to you know, necessarily add to that roster. Uh, but you, I don't think any of us really expected the Giants. I know you and I didn't. I kind of said last year was a bit of a fluke. A very weird roster configuration um i mean they're i think they're buyers for sure if you wanted to go back to our voicemail there um i think they're definitely going to be buyers and you know a plus 54 run differential yeah they're they're gonna be they're gonna be okay i don't know if they stick around the whole time it's hard to say
2: i just want to add i don't know if you hinted at it at all, but I just want to add that maybe not a lot of people saw what was coming with the D backs. Uh we we did. We did. I don't I don't want to let people forget that.
0: Once I saw Corbin Carroll, I'm telling you, if we could just find the footage of him having when we were at that game and he hit that like routine single in between first and second um, to the right fielder. And it was very much stretched into a double. No problem. I was like, Oh, Oh." that
2: moment right there is when we knew the D backs were going to take over the NL West by storm. That's when we knew that's just the reality
0: of it. I mean, if they played in a somewhat decent ballpark, I'm sure they don't, we don't need to get
2: into this again. I've told you, I, I have a soft spot in my heart now for chase field. It's, it's, Gar- Objectively, it's a garbage park, but I, I do yeah. have a soft spot in my heart. Thank you, well, uh, World, World Baseball this, Classic. Well, riddle me this, Batman: man.
0: They're 23-18 and 18 at home, but 22-12 and 12 at, away. So, interesting. It sounds like a cry for help, really. Like, get us a new, a new park. Yeah, seriously. Give me something. I'm impressed, though. As far as the Giants go, I... Ugh, I don't know, man. Uh, shout out to Yaz though on that walk off, that splash walk off that he had the other day. That was sick.
2: Yeah, i've I've been shocked at the when the numbers come back on like total splash home runs, total splash walk offs they've had. Like it's shockingly low. Yeah,
0: it's not shockingly
2: big. low. And it is not big. I would have thought. I thought the numbers would have been higher, but shout out, like you said, shout out to Yaz for adding to that number, friend of the pod. Uh, Great interview. If you want to go back and check that out. Um, So yeah, I, you know, in terms of the National League West, I don't know how this shapes out. I, I don't know if the D backs are, I mean, I know we just got done saying that for a lot of these teams, it's time to stop asking like, are they for real? and and start it, and start to wonder like just how for real are they um i you could throw the diamondbacks into that conversation i know we were more so applying that that uh point of view to the rangers in terms of it, okay it's time to like take them seriously and certainly it's time to take the the, the diamondbacks seriously i just don't know with i think the, yeah
0: i think the the diamondbacks are more real than the giants
2: Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying, in terms of the division as a whole, I just don't know with what kind of late push we should expect from the Dodgers and and whether or not that's going to end up their division at the end of the day or the Diamondbacks, going back to the how for real are they, like can they figure out a way to win this division, which is certainly not a conversation I, I was we were having on opening day. We thought, yeah, you know, maybe they find their way into a wild card discussion or the mm-hmm. so snagging mm-hmm. one of those spots come October, but here we are like coming up on the end of June and they're still in the conversation. So I think with the proximity that we have to the trade deadline, it's going to make, it's going to make these conversations interesting for a lot of teams. Uh, the Diamondbacks backs included. Um, but going back to the giants, I just don't, I, I don't know. I really don't. And I, I wish I could say that I did, but it's for a while now, I feel like has, has been one of those situations where you look the, the further you get away from, what was it? The 2021 it was 2021, right? They're like hundred, hundred and yeah. whatever win season, the further removed we get from that. It's just like, they're, I don't know how much hope they have in, in San Francisco right now. And that, that narrative may change as we get later into the season, but, as of right now, I think even with a ten game win streak under their belts and uh still active, obviously, I just don't know if that's if that's enough to to move the pendulum all all that much.
0: I mean they're still one of the oldest teams in baseball, so
1: <sighs>
0: it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not there. I'm not there with it. Let's go Reds. Safe to
2: say, you're on board. However, with the Braves, talk about a win streak—they have won seven straight. They are 47 and 26, which is the best record in the National League. Uh, I believe last episode we—I I brought up the fact that I was getting into it with a particular individual on uh, in the comment section about the the Braves maybe overperforming or or something along those lines. I just don't. I don't know at this point how you can with a straight face rationally and reasonably say that the Braves are anything more or less than just a legitimate world series yeah. winning yeah. threat. I
0: It's ridiculous to say anything else. It really is.
2: I mean, but you got Michael Harris is com-
0: heating up. Like, yeah, true. Like you knew that guy was coming, right? Like you had to know. You had to know
2: it's like, they're just showing you that even with some of the question marks that pop up and this started, this started back when they won the whole thing like that, Mm -hmm. the way that season developed, you get, you get holes that pop up throughout the course of the year. um, Or maybe even trickled in from the season prior where it's like, okay, well, how is this going to be addressed? How, how, how is the team going to respond? How is the roster going to be able to, you know, plug, plug the gaps? They get guys, whether it be homegrown or they go out and get a guy at the deadline. They, they've they proven that they are a team. They're an organization that knows how to address the holes in its lineup and fill them adequately. It's not like a, hey, let's rush somebody up through the system. Hey, let's go out and get this, like, senior citizen at the trade deadline and maybe hope that he fills a gap. I'm looking at you, Boston Red Sox. Like, you— You go out and get a guy that you know because they're a bit – we've talked about it before. They're a big culture team. They know, like, what works in their clubhouse and what doesn't. And I think that when they're searching for guys to fill these holes, they take that into account. And so, like I said, they're able to identify their needs and go out and get the right guy to do that. And a guy that we've talked about, and I'll maybe touch on here in a little bit, but, like, a guy that was – a crucial part of that world series run eddie rosario he's even had a little bit of a resurgence so it's like even the guys that maybe you thought trickled off a little bit after they gave you all that they did you get a guy like eddie rosario where it's like no like pump the brakes like we're i'm not i'm not going anywhere just yet like i'm still a a active contributing part of this team and that's just that just speaks to the depth they have that speaks to what they're able to do from the point of view of their front office. Like they're yeah. just well-rounded all just all together.
0: They, um, I, I would just, I, I like looking at, um, just like a random box score. So I went a couple of days ago where they were playing the Phillies. They, they won four two. uh, you look at their lineup, which I would argue is probably their a lineup. Um, the lowest on-base percentage in that lineup was Kevin Pilar at 291. And he got pinch hit for by Eddie Rosario, who was 311. That's the lowest, 291 on-base percentage. Everyone is in the threes. You got two guys at 400 or above. They're going to bang. They're going to bang. And it's not like their their starting rotation is any kind of any kind of joke. And as far as standings go, when I'm looking at this, I, I think the biggest thing for me is the fact that it's not necessarily about them overperforming. I think they're doing exactly what they're capable of doing. I would say, however, that the rest of the division is underperforming outside of the the Marlins. Sure. Um, who are six games back, by the way, forty-two wins on the year. Um Phillies are 9 games back, -15 run differential. The Mets 13 and a half back, 6 games under 500. So those are two big teams that everyone expects to put up a little bit more of a fight and they're not. So I I would say it is a mix of the Braves doing what the Braves do as well as that division just not being great right now.
2: But I I I will say to that point I think what we've seen going back to honestly like since the Nats won it all back in 19 um as the as the microscope increasingly points to this division and and we continue to to further analyze this division at a deeper level I think you can safely say that it's a it's a deep division but it's just a matter of year to year who's who's running that division. Who's at the top? Who's mm-hmm. in the top half of that division? And so although the Phillies and the Mets aren't doing what they were expected to do, what they were hoping to do, from a if you look at it on paper, if you've got the Braves presumably at the top, it, it like if you're looking at this on opening day, you're going to put the Braves at the top. It's going to you're going to you're looking at that division going, "Okay, it's going to be the Braves and most likely two other teams." Mm-hmm. As we see it right now, the Marlins are one of those two teams. So mm-hmm. really, although like I was saying, although the Phillies and the Mets are underperforming, there's really you're really only missing one team from what you thought would be the case at this point in the season, where you'd say it's the it's most likely going to be the Braves and two other teams. You would have thought it would have been the Braves, Phillies, and Mets. I think that's what everybody could widely agree upon. Uh, but the Marlins have have kind of jumped into one of those and in, into one of those spots. So really, you just need the either the Phillies or the Mets to kind of kick it up a gear. And then you're back to typical National League East talk in the middle of summer. Right. Where you, it's a three team fight. Who's going to pull it out? And as I was mentioning, going back to 2019, it's really just a matter of what three teams it's going to be we still have time for for things to change. I don't I will say at this point I don't think the Mets are going to be able to figure this out. So if the Phillies can can get things going, maybe 2023 is the year for the National League East where you have got the Braves, the Phillies and the Marlins, like that it's not like I said it's not what everybody was thinking, but maybe that's where we end up and then 2024 I'm sure we'll have a different trio of teams that we're mm-hmm. talking about, but mm-hmm. it's it's year to year, I would say a three team division. And like I said, it's just it's a matter of who's got it that year, who's willing to make the leap at the deadline, who's willing yeah, to
0: We knew this though. We knew this with the with the core that that the Braves have created in lockdown. It's their division to lose for the next five or six years minimum. 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 So I don't know what I don't know why people are so anti-Braves. I'm sure, you know, Braves fans are getting under your skin a little bit, but like you still gotta, you know, put respect on their name. They're not overperforming. This is this is exactly what they're capable of doing. And don't be surprised if they if they do better than this.
2: Speaking of doing better, uh <laughs> what and I'm not I don't I don't use that transition to maybe hint at my thoughts on on it but possibly yours where do we view or how do we view rather the pirate city connect uniforms
0: uh um well that's a good start i'm just i'm so over the black pants i that's i that's what's bugging me the most and if i understand if there's anyone to have black pants it's it's probably the pirates but I'm just I'm so sick of it dude I'm so sick of it the jerseys just connect better there's no connection here this just looks like an alternate jersey slash throwback
2: all right so i did I did do a little digging um I want to want to share what I found for those who maybe just look at this and go, "Well, it's just a yellow uniform, yada yada yada." And I will say, and and I'm not like trying to, uh, maybe justify this uniform or say that it's really better than it is. I'm just trying to share what I found about how they attempted to quote connect uh, the uniform. But if you look closely on at, at the uniform, there you'll notice like a gradient on the top half where it kind of like fades as it gets lower towards the belt.
0: Yeah, I do like um, that feature.
2: Yeah, so the pattern in that gradient, um, if you kind of zoom in, and shout out to uh, SportsLogos.net, they're they're always on top of these City Connect uh, backstories, if you will. Um, but the pattern features the. It's like an asteroid, what they call an asteroid. And they pulled that directly from the steel logo, which if you don't know what that is, just think Pittsburgh Steelers. It's literally the same logo. Um, it's like a little star shape. Uh, so they connected it to uh, an industry that is, that is um, very important to that city. Obviously, uh, the, the check that's also in that pattern is taken from the city's official seal, uh, and then the inverted Y is where the three rivers uh, are in downtown Pittsburgh. So, in terms what, of connecting to y? some,
0: what's that? The inverted Y is that what you said?
2: Yeah. So if you look at the like, uh, if you actually here, I can send it to you. Um, it's it's certainly like pulling on things that are are important to the city and i can i can certainly speak from a little bit of experience because i see it i see it i got a lot of family up there and like i i know that these are things that are important (laughs) things that are talked about um so I, i can i can i can see where they're coming from uh in regards to that but uh really really tapping into the the steel the bridges basically what you would expect from pittsburgh so i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock the uniform like i I think more of an effort was made for these than maybe some others i know some people might disagree but i don't know with pittsburgh as much as you'd like to see other teams or other cities try some different things or maybe think outside the box (laughs) i think pittsburgh is it's very much a city of like what you see is what you get. and i I think mm-hmm. I think with the Pirates, there wasn't much of a reason to expand outside of like there to me, there's no sense in trying to make something just to make something. like that that city, when you think of that city, you think of black and gold. like that's just the way it is. You think of steel, you think of the bridges, and that's that's what they tapped into. So I think I think yeah, Nike or MLB's it. effort here, to maybe provide some additional background on that for some people who aren't terribly familiar with the city, I think I think they did what they set out to do. So I'm not I'm not too upset with them. I don't I I think we could maybe break away from the black pants on uh, as you were saying, but all in all, not the worst I've seen. I
0: would have I I think the hat is lazy. I think that's the part that bugs me the most is the hat. But I mean, get some bridges in there, get something. In there, I understand. Like, it's such a subtle thing to have to zoom into the to the jersey so much to be able to see what part of it is connecting to the city. That's what yeah, bugs I me mean the most like be a they little do more incorporate loud the, with br- the bridges.
2: They well, they incorporate the bridges a little bit with the uh with like the font. It's it's very subtle, but like the. The way that the letters are shaped, it it kind of hints at the construction and shape of the bridges a little bit too. So like it's it's there. Like I said, more of an effort was made here than than elsewhere around the league. But you could maybe try to be a little more intentional, a little more obvious. So it's not like having to zoom in on a thumbnail image to figure out what's actually happening here. But yeah. All in all, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, don't want to don't want to harp on it too long. Um. Somebody that has uh, certainly been going off recently. I want to cover real quick before we get into our weekend series talk. I just want to give some love to Shohei. I feel like it's been a minute since we talked about him. And as we get closer to the trade deadline, um, obviously even more so than he's being talked about right now is going to be the central focus of... uh, deadline conversation and coming off of the al player of the week honors he went 10 for 23 which equates to a 435 average he had six home runs 12 ribbies and 10 walks and an ops of 1.893 uh he also Lord. went six he also went six innings deep against texas uh and his only start of the week but his last outing uh i believe was yesterday on Wednesday. Yeah, he went yeah. 7 went 7 deep against the Dodgers, only allowed one run and had 12 Ks. But as you may expect, the Angels went ahead and lost that game to the Dodgers by a score of 2 to nothing. So great job, Angels.
0: Ay ay ay, this guy's such a freak. Um
2: he was hitting by were, the way, he I mean- was hitting 100 on the gun. At the end of his outing. I think it was like his 11th K. Just 100 cheese down the pipe for his 11th K. Like, I'm just insane. You really
0: think they move him?
2: Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, the Angels, as it sits right now, like I know there's games going on around the league as we speak, so it may shift by the end of the day. But as it sits right now, Angels are half a game back from a wild card spot, which I think if that holds or like give or take a, a few games. I think that's probably right where we had them. Like I'd have to go back and look at our, mm-hmm. our uh, preseason picks, but that's not too far off the trail or off the path of where we, where we had them. So yeah. I think if you're the angels, maybe you wished for, for a little bit more clarity in that regard. Like you, maybe you, you would hope that you were significantly better or significantly worse to maybe make the decision a little easier, but from what I've read, it sounds like that the Angels are refusing to comment understandably and essentially they're just pointing to his performance as of late as their reasoning or their their intentions at the deadline. So they're either serious about, sticking, about hanging on to this guy or they're just trying to drive up the price tag even higher than what it already is and is going to be come deadline time so and i still i still think that they move him uh but he is he is certainly doing the angels a service here uh by performing the way he is as of late especially um and if this continues up until the deadline that price tag is going to be astronomical
0: i just i can't see it i can't see them moving him. Um, I think if they, I, they have to be five or more games out in the wild card in my mind for them to move him, any chance of moving him that, and I don't know if they will be, I mean, they're, they're a decent enough team to stay in the hunt, but I could see, I could see other names being moved. I could see uh, Ward, Walsh, Renhefo, maybe Renfro, Drury, guys like that that could possibly be moved. Um, because in it, like if you move, if you move Otani, or if you're losing out on Otani, you kind of have to blow this thing up. So if you don't find they have all the leverage if you don't if you don't find the right offer for otani you can still move those other pieces still kind of bulk up the farm a little bit even though you're losing otani so i just i can't imagine anyone answering that price tag for him and there's a lot of people i don't know if you've seen this but there's a lot of like executives around the league a lot of managers and stuff saying this is going to be a pretty slow deadline we're used to fireworks at the deadline. I don't I don't know if we're gonna get it this year.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'd I don't know if I would believe that because I feel like in years past we've we've had the expectation of it being just chaos and it ends up being like, eh, like it wasn't yeah. exactly anything to write home about. So maybe this year we expect we come into it with the expectation it's gonna be it kind of slow. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like nice. with these teams. I'm always with down. these Oh, absolutely! But like with with these some of these teams we've been talking about over the last few weeks, where maybe they weren't expected to to be here and and give it another month or so, and we're still hanging around. Like that's that makes for an added layer, uh, an added interesting layer to this this deadline. Is if you, you got a team like the Reds, who maybe if they're sticking around, or uh, I. I don't know if it necessarily happens, but we just got done talking about them, like the pirates. If the pirates somehow can, can like steady the ship, pun intended, of of like they they're just fluctuating way too much. Like they'll turn it on and then they'll just drop ten straight, and then it's like, well, Mm -hmm. we need a little more consistency here. I'm sure the front office is like, we need a little more consistency here to justify doing anything crazy at the at the deadline. But sure, just teams that that are you know knocking on the door it'll i i think the deadline uh, could have some potential for uh some i won't say crazy fireworks but maybe some some mid-level fireworks i i think there's right. definitely room for that
0: we'll see
2: um the weekend series to watch unless you got anything else kind of coming coming to an end here for episode 364 anything else you got before we kind of get into our final
0: final points of discussion let's get it let's get it i'm excited about my matchup
2: weekend series to watch for me the braves and kind of keeping with the theme here of episode 364 the reds game one you've got aj smith Shaver versus luke weaver Game two, Jared Schuster versus – last I checked, it was TBD. Uh, and then game three, you got Charlie Morton versus Ben Lively. I mean, this – you want to talk about a test? This is a yeah. test. For I real, mean, how
0: hot are you, for, are you? Are you legitimate or not? Yeah, I agree. This is you a got true the, test.
2: The best team in the National League versus the hottest team in baseball. So it'll be – It'll be an interesting series. If I ha- I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would venture to say that the Braves, just being as good as they are, take care of this series, and maybe bring this uh, win streak to an end. But I also would say, on the flip side, I would venture to say that the Reds make it at the very least competitive because, like, yeah. if you're playing, yeah. if you're playing as well as they are right now, a lot of times things that don't make sense or shouldn't the things that shouldn't fall into place they oftentimes do just because that's how that's how this game works like things just are on a, like things stay on a roll when they're on a roll and things continue to suck when things are just sucking especially for extended stretches of time so maybe maybe the Reds figure out a way to take this series but at the very least I, I think we can all agree that it'll, it, it'll it, at a at a minimal level, it will be a competitive series. And that's, that's all we can hope for. So that's, that's a series I got. Uh, who do you got for yours?
0: Um, uh, I got, we talked about these two teams already too. the, the diamondbacks visiting San Fran. Um, and to scratch that itch for a little fantasy talk here, I did a, some deep dive into some of these matchups, um, just going pitching here with this stuff, but, um as we know diamondbacks are in first place giants are only two and a half back so pretty big series a three-game set starting on friday uh we got zach davies going game one uh for the diamondbacks pretty pretty tough uh season so far but it, it seems like he could be starting to get a little something going he does have a 7-11 ready uh era shout out slurpees Um, only 14 points in fantasy this year and seven starts, um, after some negative starts. Uh, well, it's been negative lately. Actually, I lied. Um, I saw the little, I saw a little dash and I thought I was making a note, but it's actually a negative, uh, 21 points in his last two starts. So 12 earned runs. Um, but he's done really well against, against the Giants in his career, uh, a 1 ERA against the Giants last year uh, and had a 199 batting average against last year with the Giants. So maybe Zach Davies bounces back a little bit. We'll see. Tough to go against Logan Webb, though. That's game one starter for the Giants. Um, 311 ERA this year, 214 points in fantasy. He's the number 12, uh, 12 ranked starting pitcher in fantasy. Um, and he's looking to go, man. I mean, just just dicing lately. Um, he's gone seven innings in four of his last five starts, so looking to keep the ball rolling a little bit there. Um, Merrill Kelly going game two for the Diamondbacks. Uh, another just stellar year, nine and three so far, two nine ERA, two hundred and twenty four fantasy points by the way. And if you didn't know. 10th ranked starting pitcher. Um, he is looking for his sixth consecutive quality start. So I think he's just the epitome of a number two guy in the rotation right now. Just consistent and solid. Um, I did make a note in here. He kind of looks like the weird guy from Shit's Creek. I don't know why anyone isn't talking about this. Do you know who I'm talking about? The guy with yes. like... Yeah, he looks just like him. So... Yep. Figured I'd throw that little nugget out there for you. Um, don't know who's going game two for the Giants yet. Game three, we've got Ryan Nelson um, going for the Diamondbacks. Question mark. I threw a question mark on that. Uh, I was reading through the notes in Fantasy. Apparently, Tori Lovello is not fully committing to him making this start. Um, he's been He's been pretty rough this year, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, and then you got Anthony Desclafani going game three for the Giants uh off after a hot start it's just been it's been pretty mediocre um four and six on the year four three ADRA, and um man negative two total points in his last four starts combined so rough for fantasy. Don't know if we're looking at, you know, starting this guy. Um, And some pretty big numbers against the Diamondbacks. 10 career starts against the Diamondbacks. 63 innings pitched. He's given up 54 hits and 22 earned runs. But he piles up the strikeouts. He got 52 strikeouts in those 10 starts. So, going to be interesting there. Um, Game three is, yeah, I would watch out fantasy-wise. Could be a high-scoring game. Um, could be a lot of offensive points. So, But either way, really good matchup. And either Giants maybe close the gap a little bit or the Diamondbacks continue their their dominance in this division. So I would definitely be, be uh, glued into this one if I were you.
2: Some fantasy players to keep an eye on uh, or maybe even consider adding to your team if you need some depth. Uh, Off the top, your Mike Talkman of the Cubs. Surprising name. I did not think I'd be adding his name to this list anytime soon, but it's hard to ignore uh, his last couple weeks. He's put up 44 points in the last 15 days. Uh, I believe he's holding down the leadoff spot for the Cubs. Uh, He's rostered in just 2.1% of leagues right now. Uh, So this very well may be a situation where you're just kind of adding him to see if you can kind of ride this this tear that he's on maybe help you pick up a a dub or two over the next week or two uh but keep an eye on uh, mike talkman if you need some some depth positionally uh eddie rosario another guy that i i talked about uh earlier this episode he has 52 points in his last 15 days uh rostered in 22.3% of leagues um, and he has been putting up some crooked numbers at the plate so definitely consider uh, picking him up as as a depth piece as well and Hogan Harris of the A's this I believe second week in a row now I've, I've recommended adding uh, an A's starter which seems That's wild seems a little confusing uh yeah. On paper, but including his May 27 start against Houston, he's posted outings of 18 points, 11 points, six points, 19 points, and 15 points. Uh, very similar to to JP Sears, who, if you check, I last episode I recommended adding him, and he went out and I believe put up like 15 or 16 points, which is exactly the point that I made when I recommended him. Is just he's he's not going to go out and give you 30 points, but he's gonna. He's a, he's a guy that's gonna put up like mid tens numbers fifteen fourteen fifteen sixteen somewhere in there and depending upon like the structure of your fantasy league having a guy like that can be can be crucial because even if he's not putting up thirty points if he's giving you that consistency of a nice fifteen give or take point yeah I'll take punch, that all day yeah like it's better than going out there and rolling the dice on a guy who maybe gives you a negative 10 but can possibly give you a 30 like you you need these guys in your in your mix to the guys that you can just count on and hogan harris seems to be as of late based on what we've seen could potentially be one of those guys that gives you uh, a nice little boost um at some point during your your fantasy matchup so those are guys to keep an eye on closing the book um we got the London series this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, Cardinals versus Cubs. And I just saw that they're adding uh, Jeter to the Fox Sports roster. He's making his debut this weekend. So uh, something something to keep an eye on.
0: Interesting. Interesting. That's going to be pretty wild. I hope he does well. The uh, um, shout-out. Johnny Gomes friend of the pod um, and Nick Swisher going with this home run Derby X thing that apparently they're just hitting bombs in the streets of England. I don't know. So I think they tried to do that in, in Mexico and it was terrible. Wasn't it like the camera angles and stuff? Yeah.
2: it's N- yeah. So. not good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you got Wainwright going one of those games, which is cool. Love to see him get, you know just kind of a special start with that one and then uh, on the cub side you got stroman going on Sunday so yeah um it's an early one for us west coasters uh it's uh 10 a.m on the west coast on Saturday but 7 a.m on the west coast for for Sunday so rise and shine gets get your crumpets ready
2: crumpets and tea before we get out of here nate you just want to put in a little plug for our friends over at manscaped and uh before before you share your thoughts about um this just fabulous men's grooming company i just want to remind you guys that we are in the middle of a little bit of a a trial campaign with manscaped so Uh I don't know how many podcasts you listen to that are are transparent about things like that but we love all of you guys and we we talk with so many of you guys and you'll reach out with questions and we'll try to be a, as like as straight up and transparent as we can and so like that we don't see any reason for that to stop when it comes to stuff like this but we want to let you guys know that we are in the middle of a campaign with them right now just to see if this is something maybe we can do long term so Anything you guys can do to help us out with this using our promo code that Nate'll will, will share with with uh, with you guys, anything you can do uh, over the course of the next few weeks to to help us out in that regard would be greatly appreciated. Because um, they they do great stuff, and Nate and I can both speak to uh, like the stuff that oh, yeah. they have um, on deck, and it's all just super solid stuff. And we're not just saying that; like, I legitimately stand behind these these things i i use them all the time weekly some daily um it's it's just a they got good stuff going on over there so yeah anything you can do to help us out over the next few weeks from from that uh from that promo code like i said that natal share would be greatly appreciated
0: yeah it's huge you know the drill it's just three O take type it out t-h-r-e-e-o-h-t-a-k-e you're gonna get 20 percent off and free shipping by the way um, and whatever you need, it's literally anything. Um, any kind of order would be huge for, for us to, to make this a long-term relationship. That's our, that's our goal with this. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, ball deodorant is, uh, is up there. You got the little, I'm, I think I'm actually going to order that little, uh, like silicone shower scrub thing. Um, yeah, I'm not a loofah guy. So I think I'm, I'm done with the loofahs. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I mean, you got, I've got the beard trimmer. I know you didn't have, you don't have that one yet, but the beard trimmer is really solid. I actually use it on my noggin as well. Uh, for those baldies out there, you can use that. Um, and then we all know how the lawnmower does down South. Um, you know, it's just, it's top of the line products. They're always, they're always progressing too, which is cool. They're always doing new stuff to like help the different uh little mechanics on things um you know you got your nose trimmer your ear trimmer i mean it's you got everything covered so um and then for any beardos out there uh they do like beard shampoo they do beard conditioner so like literally any kind of purchase it doesn't have to be one of those big packages i don't want you to feel like you got to go drop 200 bucks to help us out you know just a couple bucks here and there to you know, get some product and, and try them out. I mean, it's there's a reason why they're running the show. They are running the show, and in my mind, still probably the most genius name of a company there has been since Three O Take.
2: I mean, it's it's got to be up there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, anything you can do, like Nate said, you don't have to don't have to go crazy, but just a little little something here or there. Use promo oh, code. Oh, shout out
0: their underwear, too. Their briefs, oh, dude. dude. You, you an, rock those, too. They're insane. Oh,
2: I'm wearing them right n- now, actually. Some of the best, if not the best, I've ever used. Just incredible. Uh, so, yeah, anything you can do to help us out would be just greatly appreciated. Uh, we genuinely mean that. We're not trying to try, not trying to blow smoke. It, it really means a lot when you guys support us. Not just with that, but, you know, like the Geek stuff. Um checking us out on YouTube, subscribing to that, downloading the pod, just whatever, any and all things that you guys do. We, we certainly appreciate. Um, and we, we really do mean that cause we don't, this doesn't go without the support of you guys. And if it wasn't Absolutely. for, if it wasn't for you guys listening, we'd just be sitting here talking to ourselves and we'd probably still do that, but it wouldn't, it probably yeah. wouldn't be as fun because we wouldn't have a, a group like you all, a following like you all to, to kind of, uh, chit chat with throughout the year and and make this thing fun, especially when we get to the dog days, like we're in now. So greatly appreciate anything you guys can do for us there. Um, Nate, you got anything else before we uh, get to the weekend?
0: No, just enjoy, enjoy the, the middle of summer, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the, the rain. If you get some rain, I'm going to be up in Denver, um, get out of the heat a little bit. Go meet my new little nephew and hang out, man. So, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. College World Series getting into the finals this weekend as well. So, yeah, it's baseball's just killing it. All, all corners of baseball are killing it right now. I'm loving it. So, you know the drill. Don't go chasing curveballs.
2: We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.